The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by Own Space. This is The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. It's episode 131 of The Drive-By. My name is Freeway Frank, and here we are. This podcast being released the 1st of September. Summer is almost in the rearview mirror. Almost. September is my birthday month. I always viewed September as still part of summer because it is at least for 21 more days or so. But you know... The winds of change are coming. You could already feel it in the air. We didn't have such a great summer here where I do the podcast in Quebec. Lots of rain, lots of... It wasn't that great. And I think September will be better. It looks like it's going to be hot to kick off September. And that's what my month is all about. It's a hot month for hot people. That's all That's all. I got. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty pathetic. This is an interesting thing that happened over the weekend. My wife, I was out. I was out with a friend for the night, and it was uh, the weekend. My wife called me, and she said it was, it was late. It was getting you know, really late. It was after midnight. We have new neighbors that moved in. There are three young guys that moved in, basically. They rented the home. They, they, they seemed nice enough. But anyway, they had some kind of party. Some party was going on, and they were really loud, and people were screaming, and it was after midnight. So my wife calls me, you know, because I'm the neighborhood watch. Uh, Frank, what am I going to do here? So she wanted me to text my neighbor, and I said, well, look, I'm not, we all have each other's numbers. Everyone around the neighborhood, we were like original buyers in the neighborhood. We all built at the same time. So when these kids, I'll call them, young men moved in, we exchange numbers. I always give my number and say, all right, you need anything, you call me, anything you need, right? So I have their number also in case something were to happen. You never know. You have their number, you can call them right away. So in this case, my wife wanted me to call the neighbor, but she also had the number. So I said, well, why don't you call and tell them exactly what you just told me? You told me they're screaming and yelling and you can't sleep. Tell them that. Send them, send them a text or call them. Calling, I think, is way more effective. And tell them, straight up, be honest. We know, having lived there, there was one big party that happened. A notorious party happened a couple of years ago. One of my neighbors and friends threw a big bash, big party, big birthday party. DJ was playing till the wee hours of the morning, and the cops came like three times. Now, I was a guest at, at that party, and I was drinking, few houses away from mine so i didn't even realize how loud and how crazy the party was it was loud the volume was just lighting up the neighborhood uh, everyone was texting me neighbors saying frank do you hear what's going on and i was there i was like yeah i'm here <laughs> why don't you why don't you just come over people were pissed somebody called the cops this was a couple of years ago look i'm not a fan of this i'm from the school of thought and i'm old school there's a problem, I knock on my neighbor's door, I have a conversation. I don't call the police on my neighbors. Just like you were encouraged 
in the last few years by your own government. Our own government said, hey, if you see people having get-togethers and you're not supposed to have more than 10 people over, uh, you're not supposed to have anybody over and you see people, you, you let us know. You squeal on your neighbors. To me, this is one of the worst things you can do. In the mafia, in the mob, they kill you for being a rat. And to me, there's nothing worse. Even my enemies, even people that I don't like, it's, it's a line you don't cross. In other words, you don't like somebody, I'm not in their life, they're not in my life. I'm not going to call the cops on them because I don't like them. I'm not going to involve the police or rat somebody out. That maybe I was part of something, I'm no longer part of it, so I'm going to rat everybody else. It's not who I am. It's not the way I was brought up. It's not the way we should be teaching our children to live. Okay? That's not what you do. You don't rat on your neighbors. You do call your neighbors up and you do text them or tell them. You communicate and say, you're loud. We can't sleep. So I told my wife, start off by sending a message. If he doesn't answer, then I'll send the message. So my wife sent the message, called up the neighbor. The neighbor immediately addressed her, hi, Stephanie, by name, <laughs> and said, sorry, are we, are we too loud? I'm sorry. And then they cut it. They pulled the plug on it. It was over. It ended as quickly as it was going into hour five or six of the loudness. It's over. These young men, they get it. But my wife actually started the conversation by saying, you know, people called the cops on a friend of ours who had a massive party a couple of years back, just so you know, it's going to happen. You're going to get cops and they're going to fine you. In a couple of years, this party was also happening when other shit was happening, as you know. So it was, it was illegal during those times. Okay. Not really illegal, but you know, the times we were living in. My question is, would you, or have you ever called or has someone ever called the cops on you? People, I got to say, we have a really good neighborhood, very good neighbors. I think it's we have a different type of connection with our neighbors because, as I said, we all moved in at the same time. We all built together within a couple of years of each other. So it's a, it's a totally different at, atmosphere when that happens. But I know so many other people that are in neighborhoods they just either moved in to or somebody else moved in and, you know, there's an older neighbor, they like it a certain way, bring their own set of rules and, you know, my tree is over, the branches are over yours, you have to cut it, and this is your fence, and this is not my fence, like, you know, you know how it is. And another thing they always say, too, is never get too close to your neighbors because then you got to live next to them. That's, a, that's another thing. But there's always issues with... Not for everybody, but for the most part, a lot of neighbors don't get along with each other. But the number one thing you have to do is keep communicating and be nice. Don't be a jerk. Don't call the cops. Don't tattletale. Don't be that person. Nobody likes that person. And once the cops get called one time, that's it. For whatever reason, when you're not man enough or woman enough to walk over, knock on the door and deal with it yourself, but you have to call the police to come in. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, you're calling the cops if it's like, you know, five o'clock in the morning and it's just insanity and the screaming is in your ear and 
it's scaring your kids and everybody and it's dangerous stuff is happening. That's that's another thing. Right? If it's but if it's just loudness from a party, I mean unless somebody's dying in the pool or being murdered or abused, you don't call the cops. You just don't. An email was sent to parents at a Quebec school. I believe these kids are in grade five and grade six. The email was in French. I believe it's a French school. Asking the parents to oblige with their kid's teacher being addressed as, instead of Miss, Mrs., Mr., Monsieur, Madame, this teacher, gender neutral, and of course, there are laws here in Canada, as we know, that protect people's identities, pronouns, whatever you want to call it. And so, please address the teacher as Mix. It sounds like a radio station. Mix. M-I-X. That's how you pronounce it, but it's actually written as M-X. And parents were furious. They lost their shit. The site that got a hold of this email, which obviously was no doubt handed in to one of these social media sites by a parent who thought this was the most ridiculous thing, and they forwarded this email. This, this particular account was blasted with thousands and thousands of comments, and everybody, for the most part, was outraged, except for a couple of woke lefties that were like, what's the big deal? Why are people freaking out about this? Why not? If that's what he wants to be, or she wants to be, or he wants to be called. I don't even know anymore. Call him Mix. Well, what these people don't understand, though, is, look, the kids already have stress from a new school year, a new curriculum, having to learn whatever they're going to be diving into at the beginning of the school year, the last couple of years of having to wear masks and acne on their face and pimples and insecurities and all that. Now add another issue, bring in another issue to the, to the classroom, addressing their female teacher, not as male, but she doesn't know, he doesn't know, mix. It's a mix, it's a mix. Like a radio station playing the best variety of music from yesterday and today, mix. Address your teacher as mix, protected by the laws of Canada, thanks to Trudeau, of course. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, I'm not going to say, because I have a lot of gay friends, that life was better when people were in the closet, because it's nice that people came out. I remember my old producer, he came out on the air. He wanted to. I said, yeah, why not? And I encourage that. I encourage people to be who they want to be. There is nothing wrong with that. But you cannot impose your identity or who you are onto other people. In other words, I'm Italian. I'm an older male. This is how people perceive me. The, the sir, mister, guy, uh, man, whatever. Now, if I start to tell people, look, please call me. I, I uh, identify as a king. Okay, please call me King Frank. You know what I'm going to be told? I'm going to be told, F you. 
Like, screw you, I'm not calling you king. But no, but that's how I see myself. I see myself as, and by the way, I'm being ridiculous now. I don't see myself, nor have I ever seen myself as royalty or a king. But you get my point. So now, I want you to address me as king. Or maybe you want to be addressed as queen. Queen uh, Alessandra, Queen uh, Amanda, whatever. Queen Samantha, Queen Stephanie. And uh, most people are going to look at you and go, I'm not calling you queen. Well, why not? That's what I want to be. That's how I identify. No. So it's the same thing. It's, it's the teacher. The teacher is there to follow the curriculum and to be there for the entire school year to teach your kids. They could teach your kids. They, them. <laughs> Whatever's part of the, the, the academic school curriculum. But then once they start introducing this stuff, to me, it's, they've crossed the line. As I said, these children, are, they're stressed already going into school. Do they need something else? So what I'm saying is back in the day, at least, when people were not completely out, but you knew, you know, you knew the professor was gay. You knew that teacher was playing on another team, but you let it be because it didn't matter. Well, today it matters. And they're going to tell you it matters. They're going to wave it. They're going to replace any flag you fly with their flag. And, and by the way, it's not everybody because most I'm going to say almost all my gay friends think all this stuff is actually hurting them. They fought for their rights for so long, their gay rights for so long. And then now they said this agenda has pushed their rights so far back because it's gotten so ridiculous. It's, it's become a mockery. It used to be uh, lesbian, gays, bisexuals, LGB, and now it's... And, and by the way, this is made worse by, by people like Justin Trudeau who proudly profess every letter of the alphabet plus minus parentheses pronouns and you know when he does stuff like that it makes it worse you know he's trying to be mr inclusive but he's actually making things more divisive because he's bringing them into a classroom or into a um, workplace where that stuff should just not be yeah, you could talk about it. Yeah, you could bring it up. We know, oh, you're gay. Sure, you were with your boyfriend this week. That's fine. But once you're forcing it down the throats of children, like, no, you have to understand this teacher does not want to be addressed as Mr., Mrs., Ms., Mix. And he who does not follow will be reprimanded. And who knows, maybe even arrested and prosecuted for hate crimes. This is where we are now in this country. No doubt, in my mind, an agenda which has crossed every line. It's, on, it's now on its 50th line. It's crossed every line. So look, the school year is starting, what, day one, they get an email. I mean, it hasn't even started. It's a day or two into it, boom, the email's been sent. And you're telling me that this agenda is not growing and it's not been being initiated and pushed by governments that's all it is and the next thing is going to be you know remember when we were growing up we had to be worried about an atomic bomb missiles coming over from at the time you know before the iron curtain was lifted we were scared that we were gonna remember the movie the day after you might be too young to remember that but there was no day after basically because an atomic bomb hit mushroom cloud radiation everyone zapped game over that's what we were worried about when we were in school. Drills where you had to hide under a desk. Fire alarms where, you know, maybe your school burnt down 
or was about to burn down and you needed to know so you could evacuate, get the hell out of there. Now, now the warnings and messages are coming in, emails about what a person identifies as. I know the person looks like a woman, but the person is not, so identify them as a man. No, actually, don't identify them as a man either. They don't know yet. Somewhere in between, let's call them mix. There seems to be a mix understanding here, but I'm not participating with any of this stuff. And I'm hoping that parents also tell their kids to not participate. What's going to happen? Are kids going to be suspended for this? Let all the kids be suspended. If all the kids are on the same side and the kids just call the teacher, teacher, and don't call the teacher mix, what are they going to do? Suspend all the kids? It's when we stand up to these totalitarians, to these dictators, and these people trying to enforce all their stuff, rhetoric down your kids' throats, when you stand up, when you hold the line, when you don't comply, it ends. It's as simple as that. But if you keep taking the abuse, they're going to keep whipping you. And, and look at how uh, the, the mess that we're in. We're in this mess because nobody says anything. And we allow people to keep doing all these things. And the emails are sent. And nobody, uh, people are too scared to, to answer back. People are too scared to assemble. People are too scared to say no. So what do they do? They just comply. Yeah, well, we'll call the teacher mix. Yeah, yeah, oh, we'll put on the masks. Yeah, 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 we'll get the passports. Yeah, yeah, we'll take whatever it is you're selling us, whatever venom you want us to put in our bodies now. Yeah, no, no problems. Where do I sign up? Yep, I'll bend over for you. That's, that's going to be the next thing, by the way. <laughs> the next thing is going to be, okay, because you're, that's where you're going to take it next. You've taken it everywhere else. That's the next spot you're going to take it. No. It has to stop. And it stops when you say it stops. That's it. That's what a free society is. That's what a democracy is. Hey, say no. Sorry. No, not even sorry. <laughs> Don't say sorry. No. Not participating. No. Not going to do it. Rumors are continuing to spread that Justin Trudeau is resigning. I still believe that this guy is not anywhere close to doing it. But look, I read an article today online, and the article along the lines of who will step up to have the talk with Trudeau. In other words, what family member or close ally of his, member of the Liberal Party, someone in his caucus, someone on his caucus, somebody who's going to have the talk with them to say, buddy, your time is up. Your time has elapsed. It's run out. Who's going to have that talk with them? I think people are scared to talk to this guy because people are worried about their pensions People are worried about their own livelihoods. They have kids. We were just talking about kids in the classroom, all this other stuff. And the last thing they need is to get fired or demoted by this guy. I mean, look, he just had a cabinet shuffle a couple of weeks back. That did nothing. Poll numbers are still at an all-time low. And even people within the 26% of the people who would vote for him, apparently 50% of that or more 
are people that don't even like him or would vote for him, even though they are liberal. So we're talking, let's do some quick math here. I got 80, over 80% to 87% of the country doesn't like you, Justin. It's over. It was over a long time ago. And it's time for this guy to step down. It's time for him to resign. But I'm not quite convinced he's going to do it. And I have two fantasies, by the way. Yeah, because I have uh, fantasies when it comes to Justin Trudeau. And it's not any of the fantasies he would hope we would be a part of. <laughs> Fantasy number one is he resigns. That'd be amazing. Fantasy number two of mine is he runs against Polyev in whatever, next year, in a year, whenever that it happens, and he keeps just destroying the Liberal Party by hanging on. In other words, the more time, the, the bad part with number two is that the more time he stays in power, the more he hurts Canada, and uh, we might not have a country by the time this guy is pushed out. But if we do have some kind of place that rhymes with Canada still around, then it would bring me no nothing but joy to see Pierre Poiliev decimating Justin Trudeau in the election to the point where the liberals are just completely destroyed. Remember when it happened to the conservatives in the 90s and then Kim Campbell took over from... Brian Mulroney, and they ended up winning two seats. And the joke was, there's more seats in my car than the progressive conservatives now have. And that was the running joke, right? You had more seats in your car, basically, than seats in parliament that the conservatives had. There's nothing better than a political party getting completely decimated, because that, that shows you something was so wrong, everybody saw right through it. And you paid for it. Forever gone, forever ruined, and people pushed it out. So to me, there'd be no bigger fantasy than to have the liberals completely gone so the party doesn't exist anymore. But as I said, there's still a part of me that believes that at some point this guy, because you would think he would have some kind in that brain of his, common sense, to step down before he hurts his colleagues and other people in the party. And you would think that the liberals align against them and say, buddy, you got to leave here. You're, you're, you're going to mess us up. You're, we have zero chance if you stay. But obviously nobody has a spine. Nobody has the courage. This guy continues to do town halls and going around the, the country from place to place, uh, conferences around the world, getting on his plane and uh, our taxes paying for all these flights everywhere. But, you know, climate emergency the, you know, he was at the Edmonton Gay Pride Parade because he missed Toronto, Montreal, and so he had to go to the Edmonton one. So many other things on this guy's plate when the number one thing should be what's happening right here in the country and the housing crisis, carbon tax, they implemented, slowly destroying us, putting one last nail in the coffin. I don't know anymore. I really don't. Either way, I'll take one or two. He quits. Or they push him out. Let's go. Let's do it. Before I wrap up the podcast, this is incredible. Oliver Anthony, rich men north of Richmond, wrote this song. He's the guy 
that basically, out of nowhere, singer-songwriter who wrote this song became a viral phenomenon sensation and is the first songwriter to debut at the top, number one position of the Billboard Hot 100 with no prior chart history in any form ever. This has never happened. I worked in radio for 30 years. Never has anyone come out of nowhere, debuted at number one on that chart. Yes, people have had one-hit wonders. They've gone to number one and never heard from them again, came out of nowhere, went to number one, had a long career, whatever the case is. But no one on the Hot 100 Billboard chart debuted at number one, didn't even have a record deal. The guy was singing in his backyard. And what a song. What lyrics. This is an anthem for not only the generation, but for humanity. And I wanted to wrap up the podcast with this because isn't this exactly how we are all feeling these days with the way things are going? Everyone's hurting one way or another. These are not easy times. Everyone is feeling the pinch and the pain of what's been happening with uh, maybe a recession looming, uh, the economy uh, going down the toilet. And you ask yourself at the end of the day, is, uh, w what is this all for and is it worth it? How many times have you thought, because I've thought about it many times, anytime I hit a low point in my life, I thought, um, okay, like uh, what is this going to mean when, uh, I don't know, <laughs> 15, 20 years, when uh, I'm retired, uh, 30, 40, when I'm no longer here, nothing. It's not going to mean anything. So why am I sweating why am I killing myself? Why am I doing all this to make someone else rich when I'm never acknowledged? We never really truly benefit. And only the certain percentage of the people out there have nothing to worry about when everybody else has everything to worry about. And the lyrics read, Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. This is Oliver Anthony, rich men north of Richmond. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul, these rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think, want to know what you do. They don't think you know, but I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond. And I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. But God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all the damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is, oh, it is. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. How could you not hear this song and instantly connect, relate? This is all of us. Because in, in the end, it, it, it just doesn't matter. And great songs like this have been written 
so many times. You better got to run, 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 run. And finally the table's starting to turn. Talking about a revolution. Oh, that's Tracy Chapman. And we'll be standing in the welfare lines. Bruce Hornsby. Just for fun, he says, get a job. That's just the way it is. So many of these songs have been written. And so many times people have brought up this topic in their music and their songs and their poems and their poetry. And uh, why are we here? Why are we doing all this? And in the end, is it, is it all worth it? The money we make, the sweat, the blood, the tears that we shed for what? For what? That song's incredible. Pretty much encompasses what everybody's going through right now. And yep, there are shitty times, but there will be worse times, but there will be better times too. In the end, we still have our next breath, but as long as we have that next breath, and we should be thankful that we're able to breathe the air that we're breathing and just keep going. But we need to, to be alert. We need to keep our eyes open and be aware of these evil forces out there trying to take things away from us. Slowly but surely, they will if we don't hold the line. Another great song by Toto. Hold the line. <laughs> Love isn't always on time. <laughs> okay, so I've had serious moments on this podcast. I've had funny moments on the podcast. Well, what I find is when I'm recording this podcast in the evening, I get more sentimental. I get more serious. You know, when you're surrounded by walls in a room and strange noises in the background, that's the ice machine you might hear in the background. Another noise in this heritage home loft that I'm broadcasting from in downtown Montreal. You talk and you have real conversation and you hope the other person on the other side is hearing you and feeling you. And I thank you very much for listening to episode 131 of the Drive-By Podcast. My dog's doing better. Enzo is walking, still wobbly, but walking more than he has in the last month. It's a great sign. Please review or comment on Apple or Spotify. Five stars, please. Or check out any of the old episodes in our YouTube archives. Drive-By will be back with another episode next week. Ciao for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace.